Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly. Hey, Judy, girl, what a wonderful day it is in the Lord. It might be, uh, uh, no matter what's going on on the outside, we know that the sun is shining in our hearts. Boy, isn't that true. Did I tell you that I, um, one of my prayer verses comes from Isaiah, ugh, I want to say 60, I'm pretty sure, and it says, uh, I'm going to botch this, but it says, arise, shine, for the glory of God is with you. Don't you love that? I do like, that love that. could be that. our opening phrase for each of our calls. Arise, shine, for the glory of God is with you. Amen, sister. That is the truth. And he is the source of hope. He is the source of our strength. He is the source of our power. Everything that we have and everything that we need is within him. And you and I, we recognize that we are but earthen vessels, but we carry God's power on the inside of us, which is treasure. So, sister, let me go ahead and open us up with a word of prayer, and then we'll go ahead and continue on with Sprinkle Clean and see what you have to share with us on today, because I know it will be a blessing because it's based on the word of God. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' mighty, wonderful, matchless name, Lord, I have a smile on my face because I am so thankful that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. But we have determined in our hearts that we are going to finish this race well, and we are going to give you the best of what we have, Father. I often think about the little drama boy, and he didn't have silver, he didn't have gold to give the Christ child in the song, but he said, you know what, I'm going to play my drum. And he gave Jesus the best that he had. And that is what we desire to do, Father, to give you the best that we have each and every day. Present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto you, which is our reasonable service, because we know it's reasonable because you gave us the best that you had, which is the Son of God. So, Lord, we are thankful. We're asking that you speak through us on today because it is our desire that the words that we speak stir up our listeners with stirring words so that they decide that they want to take care of their bodies as your temple. So we thank you, Lord. Be glorified in our conversation on today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen, sister. Thank you. Yes, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O God. Yes. So let me do a recap uh, for all those who missed last week. And I can't imagine anybody missed last week because <laughs> miss a week, you miss a lot. So if yes. you didn't miss last week, please go back and listen. But let me give you a little recap. What we're talking about at last week, this week, and as it turns out, likely next week, what was I thought was going to be two sessions is probably going to be three, because there's such it's such a meaty topic, Kim, and it's a topic that I feel like could be eight sessions. And here's why: we're talking about 
our identity in Christ. And let me rephrase that. We're talking about how God sees us. Let me rephrase that again. We're talking about all you who are listening, how God sees you. If you have accepted Jesus the Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the one who you seek and you serve, we are talking about how God sees you. And I can say for myself, how God sees me is oftentimes, not sometimes, oftentimes very different than how I see myself. Mm. But God gets the last word, and that is to our benefit in this case. Because last week, we talked about three descriptors or three identifiers that come from God's word. And I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to actually speak the scriptures because what we know from Hebrews 4.12 is that the scripture, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so I want our listeners not only to be reminded of those descriptors that we discussed last week, but I want them to hear the word and ingest the word and inhale the word and receive the word. So the first one was we are a new creation. And that comes from 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Embrace that, listeners. You are a new creation. All that old stuff and that old chatter that you keep saying that you still are is a lie from the pit of hell. You are a new creation, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. We are also chosen. Oh, my gosh. This is probably one of my favorites. We are adopted by the God Almighty. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And I really hope anybody who missed last week or just needs a refresher goes back and re-listens to last week because I, I retold a story that Rex Cole told that just knocks you to your knees about an adopted child and how he had to really slowly learn what it's like to embrace his new life. So you are adopted by God Almighty and you are united with Christ. First Corinthians six seventeen says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So when you're walking through your days and you've got challenges of life, you just need to remember you are one spirit with God Almighty. And Amen. God Almighty doesn't let those things of the world ruffle his feathers or get him all bent out of shape or tip him into temptation. God Almighty, through the power of the Holy Spirit, conquers all that. And you are joined to the Lord and one spirit with him. So 
those are those are just a review from last week and i feel like we could go amen that's a that's a huge <laughs> bunch of stuff to think about but before we move on i want to i want to reiterate why why does it matter that we understand how god sees us and that we agree with him let me let me underscore that and that we agree with him because how we see ourselves impacts our behavior and how God sees us hopefully impacts how you see yourself and therefore impacts your behavior. So we're going to continue on because there's much more meat to be had. The next one that we're talking about that we've discussed before, we started the, the, the sessions of Sprinkled Clean talking about our salvation, our redemption, but you can never, never, ever, ever discuss that too much. We are redeemed. We are forgiven. And we are free indeed. Mm-hmm. Psalm 119.45 says, and this is the King James, which sometimes you just got to love the King James. I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. And when you go back to that chosen and adopted, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So, Kim, I, I want to unwrap once more the, the, the benefit, the treasure of being redeemed, of being forgiven, and being free because of that being being no longer bound by satan's lures and lies being a new creation in christ so start us off on that one miss kim well you know when i see think about the word redeemed i always think about somebody turning in a ticket like an exchange and the word redeemed i always think about it also as meaning buy back and think about what Jesus Christ did through his sacrifice on the cross. Like you said, we were dead in sin. And we exchanged that dead life for a life in Christ. He redeemed us. And so now we have the ability to walk forth in newness of life. And so often the enemy tries to bring up the mistakes that we made in the past and try to get us caught up back in that old identity. And that's something that we ourselves have to remind ourselves. I love that scripture that you shared, Judy. I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. And that means that we ourselves have to continually remind ourselves of the truth. Because if we don't, then that old identity and those old beliefs will have sway on us. And as we said before, how we see ourselves, and the way I put it is how we see ourselves determines how we treat ourselves. And if we see ourselves according to those old lies, then that's how we're going to behave. And so that redemption and knowing about the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did and that we're forgiven, oh, there's so so much freedom in that. And God wants us to walk in that freedom every day and no longer bound. I would like our listeners, as we discuss each of these identifiers, to think about how does it impact you as you walk through your day? How does it impact you today? 
that you are a new creation, that you are adopted, that you are united with Christ. How is your day, your moment by moment, your choices, your time at work, your time with your family, your time at church, how is your life impacted by the fact that you are redeemed, you are forgiven, and you are free? And for me, Kim, it puts this world in perspective. This is not our home. This is not our life. We are in the world, but not of it. And I shared with you before we got on the call that I was psychotically livid with rage because of yet another incident with my internet provider and two hours on the phone that resolved nothing. Now, there is no question. I think there's reason for me to be angry because this was like the fifth phone call and I still have horrible service, but I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I will spend eternity with God Almighty. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, my Internet connection is a blip. It's a inconsequential blip. And so for me, that's one of the things that embracing my redemption, embracing my freedom. Because when I let bad, when when I let just today, you know, the problems of life, and we all have it, right? We all struggle. Life is messy and it's full of challenges. When we let those take us sideways, then that internet provider has stolen my freedom. And I have allowed that internet provider to steal my freedom. I have said, okay, I'm free in Jesus Christ. But no, I'm going to go down this road of rage because my internet is horrible. So I'm just talking to myself now, folks, because if you're reading through Sprinkled Clean, you know this is my thorn in the flesh. You might go eat a pint of Haagen-Dazs. I ripped someone a new head. But the point is, it's the same skewed perspective. We are allowing the challenges of this world Make us forget we are redeemed and forgiven and free. And shame on us. Because that, that, that is maybe the most important identifier. I mean, we are new creation. We are adopted. We've got more to come. Maybe that's one of the most important. So may we not ever, in any circumstance, in any temptation, in any time of heartache, forget that we are forgiven, redeemed, free. Thank you, Lord. That's all I can say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your redemptive power. And we are being transformed from glory to glory and faith to faith. So, Judy, I know, sister, that you have a teachable spirit and the lessons that the Holy Spirit is teaching you through this journey and you're submitting to him, you're becoming more and more Christ-like. And what good news that is. Well, and so let me thank you for that because I sort of don't. 
um, feel like I am, but, but let's go to the next identifier, the next descriptor, because it is a, it's a natural response to what you just said. We are God's workmanship. Did I not say to you, well, maybe God's just working on my anger issues is why I had this two hour pointless phone call. Yes, because that is what I'm praying about. Lord, cleanse me, sprinkle me clean. And for anybody who's listening, if you're saying, Lord, help me with temptation, he's not going to do that by taking away temptation. He's so that we rely on him. And it is a process. It is a journey. Just like I failed again today and got all wound up over the things of the world, you're going to fail too. But we are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Oh, it's not a surprise. I got bad internet, folks. That we should walk in them. And, and just as you said, he is transforming us from one degree of glory to another. That's 2 Corinthians 3.18. He doesn't transform us like snap his fingers and we're up with the angels. Oh, no. We got a lot of transforming to do, and it takes time and effort and, and skinned knees when we screwed up again. But God. He is at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, says Philippians 2.13. So I just want to celebrate with anybody who is listening here who screwed up this week. Because you know what? It's an opportunity to repent to confess that we are not able in our own flesh, but that we know he is doing a good work and that this fumble stumble is going to get me closer to being sanctified in the final days. Talk to me, sister. Well, sister, I just, it was something that you said earlier that I just thought about and I kind of locked in on because so often when we do fall, the enemy wants to keep us trapped in feeling shame and feeling guilt like, oh my goodness, did I do it again? Uh, and I always tell myself that this journey is not about pass fail. It's about learn and adapt. And see, the enemy wants to keep us thinking about, oh, shame, you missed it again. But God is not a God of condemnation. He's a God of restoration. And he knew about the mistakes that we were going to make before we made them. And he always has a plan to get us to move us forward, to get us to learn. He's the best teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our standby. He's our paracletos. He's the one who walks alongside us. And it takes a position of humility. The enemy wants to keep us trapped in that condemnation because that's kind of like almost the flip side of pride to me. And and what's required to move forward is to have a, a humble heart and say, Lord, I know that I cannot do this, but you can. Lord, have your way in me. 
and he'll bring you to that place of restoration. But again, it brings back that gratitude. Hey, we're redeemed. We're forgiven. We walk forward in newness of life. We are his workmanship. So it's his, he does the heavy lifting. He's the one working in us. So again, Judy, it brings you to that place of gratitude that he's not going to give up on us. And therefore, we should not give up on ourselves because we're works in process. Do you ever mess up? I feel like you never mess up. God, God, please. Oh, I think you never mess up. It's like Kim, who's like this saint, and Judy, who's this scrappy pain thorn in God's flesh. Girl, no, I'm going to tell you, I mess up. I mess up, but I have learned that when I mess up, that drives me to my knees in gratitude and say, thank you, Lord, that you don't give up on me. You took my feet out of the miry clay, and you set my feet on the rock. And like I think I mentioned this before in the previous call, when I mess up, it's a win. I say, Lord, this is why I need a Savior. That's my win. Yeah. I don't deliberately mess up, but I know that that's a reminder why I need a Savior. I love that. Thank you for saying that again, because I need to, like, do the post-it on the refrigerator for that one. Woo, sister. The, the last one, I have to tell you, just, and this is the last one for the day. I don't know. Maybe we should stop now because I feel full. But <laughs> the last one for the day is we are righteous and holy. I can hardly say it out loud without laughing. Judy <laughs> is righteous and holy. Yes, you right are. on. <laughs> I seriously. Uh, right. God has a sense of humor. Um, but it's true because he says it in Colossians 1, 22 and 23. It says he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, isn't that exactly what you just said, Kim? Yes. Stable and steadfast, not shifting from what? From trying to do better? No, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. That is exactly what you just said. I failed, which puts me in a place of gratitude that I have a savior. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I think it is, though it seems impossible to have righteous and holy and Judy in the same sentence, because God says it, it is clearly his vision for us where that we are working toward, and not working, but, but praying in his strength that we we get closer and closer to that goalpost, right? As like in a football game, we're like going half a yard and half a yard and then we get sacked and now we're five yards back. So we're we're but we're slowly making it toward the goalpost. So what does that look like? Righteous means virtuous, moral, honorable, upright, God fearing, pure. Pure. That's a hard one for me. Sinless. And holy means sacred sanctified, not of this world. So help us, Kim, 
with your words of wisdom on how do we embrace this righteous and holy nature that God already sees in us, especially for those of us who are thinking, <laughs> I shared with you, I feel like God's getting senile if he sees me as righteous and holy. <laughs> it got sacrilegious. <laughs> Bring us to to the finish line, sister. You you have, we need your words of wisdom. Well, sister, that's the issue right there. Because what we do is we train our eyes on our flesh, and that's the problem. Because God is seeing us through the blood of Jesus and His sacrifice on the cross, and He sees us. He has He loves us, in fact, with the same love as He loved Jesus. And so when we start thinking, well, I'm not righteous, I'm not holy, blah, 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 you need to go to the Word and look at Jesus and stop looking at yourself and your failings. Or I don't even like to use the word failings, weaknesses, flaws, and scars. That's what we're too busy looking at, and that's what the enemy wants us to look at. But that's when we need to go to the Word and look at Jesus. And think to ourselves, God is transforming me into the image of Jesus. It's not me trying harder. It's not me saying I'm responsible for this. God himself in his righteousness and in his holiness has made us a promise that he has begun a good work in us and will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So again, it is an opportunity for us to look at Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, that I am a work in process. You are the potter. I am the clay, recognizing that he is the one who is doing the work and being grateful for it. And that's really it, Judy. It's as simple as that to say, okay, if I'm feeling down, I'm feeling I couldn't possibly be righteous and holy then that is a warning light that I'm looking at my flesh and I'm not putting my eyes on Jesus. And that's it. You know, that reminds, that's my reminder. When I start saying I'm not worthy, well, you know what? No, I'm not worthy. But Jesus is worthy. And God himself is transforming me into the image of his dear son. And see, that is, to me, and it's just a point of pride, actually, when we do that. And our old self, when we want to keep the spotlight on us. But the word says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And how righteous is that? Well, we're not the ones responsible for the work he is because he's the one who made the promise and he's the one who's going to keep it. That should bring about gratitude in us and humility. And that's the way I see it. Thank you, my friends. I would like to close us in prayer, in a prayer of gratitude and humility. Gracious Father, we are all broken. We come before you with broken hearts, wanting, not doing what we want to do and doing what we don't want to do. Whether that is in the foods we eat, 
for the words we say. Anytime we are not a light for you. Anytime that we are wrapped into the passions of the flesh instead of walking in your spirit. We feel regret. And I'm so grateful for my sister Kim who has brought because I know there are people listening who, just like myself, feel like they just keep messing up. But you are slow to anger, merciful, and you see us in the light of Jesus. And for that, we are so grateful. You see us as new as your adopted chosen child. You you see the fact that you are in us, that you have redeemed us, that you are slowly transforming us, that you are doing a good work. You see us in the game, fumbling, again, getting sacked. But we're moving, we're in the game. We stay in faith. Not in our strength, not in the fact that we can do better, not for me to just try to be nice or not for our friends to just try to eat differently, try to be good with those foods that are good for me. No, we want transformation of our heart. We want to be sprinkled clean. And what we know is you see us already there and every stumble and fumble is your way of doing your work for your good pleasure. We are humbled. We are truly grateful. And we call on you in contrite repentance in the name and the power of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. All glory to our Father. Never gives up on us. Never does. He's committed. He, Jesus, loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. (laughs) I'm hanging on to that, sister. (laughs) And you who are listening, hang on to that, too. Amen. That's why they call it the good news. (laughs) Okay, my sister. Well, God bless you, sister. You have a wonderful week and bask in his love, forgiveness, his redemption. And for all of you who are listening, pray that I get decent internet. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word. Mm